Welcome to the Male Factor Infertility Podcast. Everything you need to know about Male Factor, but no one's telling you. Join a rogue doctor who's stepping outside of the mainstream medical model to share the best methods that address the most common Male Factor challenges. Most importantly, we'll cultivate the mindset and give you the tools you need to break through. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm Dr. Adam Tice. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast today. Today's episode is going to be, um, I think, spectacular because it is the we're going to be talking about something that's a little bit um, that's that's very very grounded and very very important to the male factor, and that is inflammation and how that relates to male factor infertility and um, really the health at large. But let, I wanted to unpack this concept of inflammation because um, I think it can be, uh, you know, you hear a lot about it. It's all over the news, anti-inflammatory this, everybody hears inflammation this, inflammation that, and it pretty much, uh, you know, it's one of those things that affects virtually everyone at some level. It's just a matter of degree and how much so. And um, I think it can be a little bit, uh, a little bit mysterious actually. What is this inflammation? that is being attributed to causing so many issues in the world today, the chronic health issues, and, um, and, and certainly male factor infertility. Uh, and I thought we would begin by just kind of laying out some definitions and then unpacking the concept a little bit just to get, get some of the technical information in our minds and then start to you know kind of visualize and imagine and really understand at a deeper level what's going on in the inflammation and how does that relate to us personally inflammation is actually a good thing there's 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 two main types of inflammation acute inflammation chronic inflammation really the focus here what i'm talking about is chronic inflammation and that's what's going to be affecting us. The, the inflammation is an essential part of the body's healing process. And this occurs when, um, you know, there is an injury or a foreign body like a bacteria or virus. And there are certain types of cells that, that, are, that, that travel to that site of the injury or where the virus bacteria are. And they, the, the idea is for the, the immune system to surveil those things and neutralize those things so they don't become an issue. You know, short term, obviously, everybody can understand what that is. You cut your finger, it swells, it gets red, immune cells come to the area, uh, you know, and, and it, it does eventually heal itself. Now, the thing with the chronic inflammation, the way that I like to think about it is it's, it's like a sandpaper effect. And this is when the inflammatory cells, they hang around too long in a certain area and it, be and it begins this process and, and the stages of disease, the stages of inflammation, it is a process. And that sandpaper effect begins to happen when we have these, the, the, this long-term inflammation. The body is continually detecting some kind of a pathogen or some type of a, an irritant to the system and the immune triggers are there. It sends that tissue has different plasma proteins that build up in the area and the swelling happens and then neutrophils, the white blood cells, leukocytes, they go into the affected area and they're doing their job. Your body is doing its job. The smaller blood vessels, they dilate, they open up to allow the passage of these white blood cells 
these immune cells and these plasma proteins so that they can have some more room to work and do their job. And I mean, again, in the short term, uh, we can imagine how that is beneficial. The inflammation is, is a desired, it's a desired thing. You know, if you can't respond even to basic wounds, the inflammation, the, the immune system is, it can eat, cannot even handle that. That means the immune system is in pretty bad damage, uh, in pretty bad shape and, um, definitely got to do some rebuilding, but you know, what we're talking about is this chronic long-term over the long haul over our lives, living on planet earth, doing our best to be human, doing the best that we know how to do, working with the information that, that we have, you know, this chronic inflammation happens to everybody. And again, it's a matter of scale. And, um, and that's what we're going to kind of unpack today is what, what's, what are the contributing factors there? And, um, you know, the data is showing that, uh, you know, with increased oxidative damage and rea reactive oxygen species, this is the oxidative stress. This is the, this is what really, uh, is like the gasoline for the inflammation. Um, this is really the fire, um, of the inflammation. That's a good way to think about it. It's like the, and that's how I explain it to my patients a lot. It's like the house is on fire. How much so? Well, it depends on who we're talking to. It depends on what's going on. Is it just a little small, tiny fire that just started and we need to put it out? Or is the whole entire house on fire? And, um, you know, we really have serious trouble, you know, the chronic inflammation is really the center of the story. And, you know, when we're talking about unknown or unexplained causes of inflammation and causes of infertility, we're really talking about what the root cause of that is, the unknown, the unexplained, once we've, uh, once we've gone through all the lab workups and done the good medicine. And if we're ending up in this territory of unknown or unexplained, inflammation is, is the answer. And this is what's going on. And even if the labs show up uh, normal and the docs say, hey, everything's normal, but if it's not happening for you, if you're not getting successful outcomes, you can guarantee that there is some level of inflammation in the system that is dampening the system. It's, it's kind of like driving with the brakes on. And we got to address that. This is the elephant in the room. And this, again, is this is the real specialty. This is the domain of naturopathic medicine, functional medicine, holistic medicine. And, um, you know, that's what, you know, personally, me as a clinician, this is one of the things that I'm looking at. And when I'm looking at inflammation, 100% of the time, digestion and the digestive system and the way that the body digests, absorbs, assimilates, eliminates, that whole process is what I call digestion. That's the center of the story. And that is where the inflammation begins 100% of the time. If you unpack a story, then you unpack the case history, the past medical history, there will be some kind of a, 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 an issue with the compromised digestion. Now, this can lead to things like leaky gut or IBS or IBD, and those are, those are other issues. But metabolically, 
we're look, you know, the blood sugars and the way that the digestive apparatus is working, that's what's going to be fueling the inflammation. That's what's going to be causing the inflammation. And it's, it's in the digestive system. It has to do with the blood sugars. It has to do with the, the way the body is handling blood sugars and what are, how, how, are the, how robust are the sugar systems and the insulin systems in the body. The fasting blood glucose will tell you that. The insulin levels fasting will tell you that. The hemoglobin A1C levels will tell you that. So you have to test that stuff. You have to know what the fasting blood glucose is, what are the fasting insulins, what is the hemoglobin A1C. You have to test that because you have to know where you are on this inflammatory spectrum. And we got to be looking at digestion and blood sugar systems. We got to be remembering our, our naturopathic principles and the principles of how the body heals and partly that's what we're talking about here and we're identifying and removing obstacles to cure. We're removing, um, you know, trying to identify and remove known inflammatory causing things. Now that's what we need to do. And by the way, um, the story about inflammation, people often ask about cholesterol and, and, and cholesterol has really been made to be the boogeyman over the last, uh, I guess, probably 60, 80 years or so. Um, I mean, that story goes back to, uh, I believe, in the, you know, in the 60s, you know, where cholesterol was made to be the boogeyman. And that was basically at the hands of the sugar industry. So you can go back and, and, and look that stuff up. But that that's where that narrative and cholesterol got pinned as being the culprit of inflammation and atherosclerosis and cardiovascular diseases and still now it, you know especially in the baby boomer generation man it is hardwired in and that is a tough pro that is a tough thing to deprogram for a lot of people but um I think if you know about it and you understand the history about it and you understand the, 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 the basically the, the manipulation of the narrative and the manipulation of reality that happened, um, you know, in that, in that telling of the story about cholesterol, the truth is cholesterol is essential and it's not the inflammatory boogeyman. It's actually essential and vital to carry and transport nutrients in our body. It's essential and vital for hormone biosynthesis to produce all of those, um, all of those crucial, essential uh, substances that are going to um, that are going to that are going to create health, that are going to create vitality, that are going to create fertility, these kinds of things. You know, the data shows, and this is this is one of those areas where, you know, there this is really on the cutting edge of the research because a lot of the research is right at this point where. People are actually, you know, starting to look into this and, you know, and, and see that increased oxidative damage, you know, and we can, we can measure this, you know, this oxidative stress and, and, and this, we can sort of man, uh, measure the damage in, uh, in certain body fluids in the blood and in the semen. We can look at this stuff and we can look for reactive oxygen species damage. We can look for genetic damage. We know that the reactive oxygen species and the oxidative stress in the reproductive system 
that that is a real thing and it's a real concern and that that definitely affects um, sperm count, motility, quality, function, and it actually damages that nuclear DNA. It damages the, the, at the DNA level. So, and that's something uh, where that is going to be transmitted across the generation. So there's kind of two layers to the discussion here. You know, layer one is about the sperm quality, the count, the motility, the functioning, the morphology, all those kinds of parameters. And then if we can get through and, and, and overcome that, then we, we need to protect the DNA because the DNA is getting damaged. And if it gets through and we can reproduce as this generation, we need to make sure that we're passing viable DNA that's not damaged or broken are going to give um, some kind of transmit a faulty information through the genetic line. And that's going to create issues in the future gen generation. So this is a big deal, guys. We got to understand this and, and more importantly, get a grip on it so that we can alter the destiny and the flow of our genetic future. You know, this is, we're talking about mitochondrial health. And when we're talking about mitochondrial health, that's housing certain mitochondrial DNA. And we need nutrients. You know, we know also that there is some genetic biochemical individuality here as far as how a person is able to modulate and manage the inflammation in their system. And there are um, genetic polymorphisms, genetic variations in certain genes like methyl tetrahydrofolate, which a lot of people know about, and the body's ability to methylate. You know that those are big players in the in the inflammation. Nerf two. You know the, this is these are key players in producing things like glutathione and those key enzyme systems, the catalase and the superoxide dismutase. This is where. Uh, these are these areas that we need to be focused on. And, you know, really the solutions here are the genetic and the epigenetic and the, the, the transgenerational solutions here are really actually, again, this is the specialty in my mind. This is, this is the real specialty is understanding this. And the specialty and the magnificence in this and the beauty of this is in the simplicity because the most advanced science and the most advanced assessments and analytics and laboratory diagnostics are taking us right back to the most common, grounded, natural, time-tested foundational solutions, which are in the, the clean food and the clean air and the clean water. And identifying and removing the obstacles to cure, the removing those known inflammatory things and getting things, you know, the known things, the things that we can control to whatever extent we can control, getting the pesticides and the plastics and cleaning our environment up, the BPAs, the heavy metals, the EMFs, the cell phones, the 5G, the laptops, the Wi-Fi, all of these environmental, the synthetic, um, you know, what, what substances we're, we're ingesting and what substances do we have in our house and around our house cleaning up that stuff that's the pollution that's in our you know that that's that's really in our control we can control that stuff 
you know, trying to be aware of how pharmaceuticals and certain, um, you know, medical interventions are going to affect our body's ability to deal with inflammation. And we don't want to take things that are going to suppress the symptoms and are going to suppress inflammation because we have to keep in mind, remember, the difference between suppression and cure. And they're drastically different. They're night and day different. Suppression is going to drive, the, the symptom will get better. For example, steroids and inflammation, great example. The inflammation will get better. Steroids work in that sense, with, with the air quotes there, work, okay? But it's for the short term, guaranteed. Everybody knows that, every clinician knows that, especially with something like steroids. Everybody knows that's not a long-term solution. But even in the short term, it will squash down and suppress the inflammation, but it will 100% guaranteed come back or it will get driven deeper into the economy of the body and then we'll have to work through that layer, peel that layer back and some other symptom or system uh, will, will become manifested and become involved. And that's the inflammatory story. That's how we walk this whole thing back. I mean, the inflammatory process, and that's exactly what it is. There are stages of inflammation. There are stages that will progress to a disease. It's not mysterious. It's not unknown. You know, it's not uh, unexplained. We know what this is, and it begins by a reduction in the nerve energy and a reduction in the circulation to an area, which eventually leads to a buildup of toxins in the body. And then those substances begin to accumulate and saturate in the blood and the lymph and the cells and the cell functioning becomes compromised. And this is toxemia. If this goes on unchecked and untreated, it, the body becomes irritated by the toxic buildup and the composition of the blood and the lymph and the tissues becomes compromised. And these waste products are going to interfere with the, the proper oxygenation and the proper feeding and the nutrition of the cells. And then this is going to cause further imbalance. And often it's at this stage that pain is generated because we got a lack of oxygen, a lack of nutrition, and we have a general increased pressure in the system because we've brought all these inflammatory cells to the area the water balance in the area becomes and that's where the swelling comes and often pain presents at this stage and this is where the inflammation becomes uh, really rooted in because of this toxemia and this irritation if this goes on unchecked this is where we actually are at the uh, the itis stage where there is an inflammation a diagnosable oftentimes inflammation now whether that's tonsillitis or prostatitis or esophagitis, gastritis, some kind of an itis means that the inflammation is set in. And as this process continues, this is where we actually start to get a degeneration in the tissue and the anatomy of the tissue begins to be affected. So we begin to have not just a functional disturbance, but we begin to see an organic change in the tissue and we know uh, a, a central understanding that, that we all learn is uh, structure determines function. And when the structure 
becomes altered, then the functioning eventually is going to become, um, it's going to be, be altered. And this is where we're going to eventually get a hardening of an area, a, a protective, which is a protective process. It's a hardening and a scarring of tissues and an induration sets on with this chronic inflammation. And now we have an organic change in the tissue and then the terrain itself becomes disturbed. The pH becomes disturbed. We become the, the, the once uh, sterile, happy, healthy tissue is now a site for virus, bacteria, fungus. And this is where we're, this is how chronic disease sets up. This is the unknown thing that all most of the specialists and the reproductive guys, they don't know this and they cannot tell you this. So you have to understand this because this is what you need to know and nobody's telling you because um, I don't know why that is. It just, it's not taught in medical school. Um, it's, you know, certainly uh, you can ask any medical doctor that how much nutrition inf information is, is, is incorporated into the training. And it's virtually none. There's some that's optional. But in, in this, this deeper understanding and certainly these process, this, this, this process and the stages of the disease creation process and the inflammatory process is not taught in medical school. This is something that the, that the elders, they knew this. And this is, this is the only reason that I even know about this is because my mentors taught me. And these are these guys that have been practicing for 40 plus years and they've seen a lot of people and they've seen this. And it's not mysterious when, you're, when, you, when you are in clinical practice, you see this, you see this process happen. Now, the thing is, you can track back through those seven stages of inflammation and you can reverse. And that's actually how the body is going to heal. It's going to heal in reverse order of which the symptoms appeared. And it's going to heal from the most important to the least important. It's going to heal from the top down and the inside out. These are the laws of cure that we see. It's not mysterious. It's not magical. It is a process. It is a system. It is witnessing and understanding the inherent intelligence in the system, in the immune system, in the biology. And when we assist and facilitate that process to happen and we don't suppress it, then the body can heal but we have to understand what's going on here. Uh, so the really the, the, the solution is in the understanding and then the practical application here, you know, with inflammation modulating that, if there's inflammation, if there's oxidation, then we need antioxidants. We need to make sure that the body is able to digest, absorb, assimilate those nutrients and that's why the story goes back to digestion because if you're intaking those and if they're of inferior quality or a not absorbable or not a bioavailable form it might not be hurting you but it's not helping you and so we need to know we need to have an understanding about uh, the concept and the principles of bioavailability and the most, the optimal forms that nutrients are absorbed in. And this is, this, this is certainly possible. This is, this is what we do clinically. And, and when we have the right antioxidants on board, we can affect 
at the genetic and the epigenetic level, and that's really where we want to be working. And the main antioxidants that I'm talking about are, you know, so the big categories are, are micronutrients. So, uh, you know, the, the selenium, the zinc, the magnesium, the copper, the iodine, the, the iron, these nutrients, these minerals we need. We have certain amino acids and peptides, things like glutathione and N-acetylcysteine and carnitine and arginine and taurine, all of these things. The, the vitamins, the fat soluble, the A, the D, the E, the K, these, the water soluble, all the B's and the C's, all of these things, folic acid, the body is amazing with its ability to handle and, and its importance, the, the importance that the biology puts on antioxidant. For example, there's something called antioxidant recycling. And the body prioritizes and, 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 and puts of utmost importance the, these antioxidants. So things like vitamin C and E, these will recycle themselves. They, will, they, can, re, they can be used and then uh, conjugated and put through different enzymatic processes and then reutilize. And this is, this is the kind of uh, magic that the body does, a biochemical process that facilitates this. So... These are these categories, you know, what else is in that category? Omegas, omega-3s, specifically DHA and EPA, the end chain omega fatty acids that are going to be crucial players, key players in modulating the inflammation. There are others, CoQ10, you know, other things like this. There are many herbs and botanicals that do this, but one of the ways that we can get the most bioavailable nutrients is really through animal-based nutrients. And, and, and we're talking about like grass-fed and grass-finished and pasture-raised and regenerative, uh, you know, re from regenerative farms where they're mineralizing the soil and really being good stewards of the earth and, and, and not stressing the animals and, 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 and these kinds of things to create the bioavailable nutrition that is found in those. And so... This is almost another discussion, and I think we should continue that discussion about bioavailability, but we wanted to paint the story really about inflammation and have a, a good understanding about what the inflammation is and, and sort of take the veil off of this mysterious thing called inflammation that we hear so much about. And it's such a big deal and it's affecting everybody at, in various, uh, you know, in, in various levels. But as it relates to unexplained and unknown health issues, male factor um, and, and female factor, really, honestly, both of these need to look, everybody needs to look in their own individual uh, circumstances and unpack and kind of do a deeper dive and do an inventory into your health and into your lifestyle and into the foundations, the food, the air, the water, the things that are under your control, your diet, your, 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 your anti-inflammatory diet, uh, which is going to be the key. This is the key hands down to addressing the, the inflammation story, getting the antioxidants on board 
and balancing this inflammation and modulating this inflammation and addressing this because if the inflammation goes unchecked then that's where we get into the domain you know and we're dealing how do you know if you have inflammation well if there are any kind of metabolic disorders or blood sugar disorders if you're having any health issues if there's any weight gain or obesity if there's blood pressure issues um, if there's any um, pain in the body long-standing pain these are all the indicators that hey there's some kind of inflammation going on in the body and we need to get that under control and dial that in we need to get some antioxidants on board and get our regimen together you know and get it together and get the inflammation down and solve the mystery this is how we do it we got to make sure we have the antioxidants on board and the main ways we're going to be getting the antioxidants in are from our food and there are certain plants that are loaded with these there are animal um, based solutions that are uh, really superior options as far as bioavailability of uh, all of these antioxidants that we've been talking about all from every single category that's what's nice about the, the animal-based ones, and specifically like a grass-fed, a grass-finished pastured beef, that's going to have all of those minerals, that zinc, selenium, magnesium, copper, manganese, everything. It's going to have the glutathione, all of the, the vitamin C and the A and the Bs and the omegas, the EPA, DHA, all of these kinds of things. That's a great bioavailable source. The body's going to be able to readily uptake that. We can also do it with certain herbs. We can do that um, with things, uh, known things, uh, you know, turmeric and curcumin uh, based things. We can do those with many, many, many different herbs have antioxidant properties that will act at the genetic level. And then finally, there are supplements that we can do it with. We can do it with single nutrients. Now that is kind of in order of, of, of how I like to do those. We want to get the food-based ones first, then we're going to try to get the herbally-based ones, and then finally, if we need to, we'll use the, 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 the isolate nutrients or the combination antioxidant nutrients. And they all work, and some work a little better than the other, and this is going to be an individualized solution and an individualized prescription based on um, based on the person that we're prescribing for. That's the personalized part. So do a dive into this. This is the story of inflammation. This is the story of oxidation. This is the story of antioxidants and how we solve the problem. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you found it useful. If you want to stay in touch, be sure to sign up for the newsletter. You can follow me on Instagram at Mayo Factor Infertility with Dr. Adam Tice. And for more information, you can also visit the website, mayofactorinfertility.org, and you can find out more about the fertility practice and the clinic side of things. Uh, there's links for everything in the description. And of course, be sure to tune in to next week's episode.